Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined today by our special returning guest, Marco <laughs> Serrano of Spicy Tuna, the author creator of Butterfly Dies and Constant Downpour as well. And quite a few others. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear about this one. It sounds interesting. Now, you were on previously, the last time you were on, we talked uh, Constant Downpour, and mm-hmm. that's that's uh, Mothership. You've done a lot of sh- stuff in the Mothership realm previously. Now you're doing something a little bit different. This isn't for Mothership. So yeah, I started, the very first scene we came out with was Constant Downpour, and it was system neutral, and it just fit, it just married into my interest with basically the concepts that Mothership explores. And so from there, the continuation of zines that came out were for Mothership. I did a few system neutral things, a book of random tables, as well as a notebook, and then remastered Constant Downpour for Mothership. Now I'm writing uh, this scene, particularly for Primal Quest by Diogo Nogueira. So very excited for that. Uh, just a different kind of sci-fi, essentially. You know, it's very prehistoric, Stone Age heavy, but there's sci-fi elements that are basically limitless to what you're doing. Just less weapons and more mystical things happening, you know? So. I like that. So so I, I want to hear about it. What's the idea behind the adventure? Because uh, there's some interesting things I'm seeing about this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So so A Butterfly Dies is essentially an alternative mythos. Uh, it's fiction, right? But created by me based on a few concepts from Mexican myth, as well as some of the concepts explored in the murals painted by Orozco, who is one of the major three muralists in Mexico. And so uh, the whole idea is basically takes place in a, in a mystical Michoacan. The Oyamel Forest is where the monarchs overwinter today and have mm-hmm. been for a very long time. And so you kind of take that valley, you take the idea of uh, destruction and rebirth fire as a means of that and the great huskwing butterfly basically reigns as this like gargantuan kind of like mothra style but it's like very good it's like blesses the world you know yeah i like that everything's like so fruitful in the valley and you know this is like stone age stuff so people aren't farming and everything but they're in a place that's really fruitful and it's not as dangerous you know still raptors and stuff but they're able to thrive in order to sustain this this ecosystem is, it has to reset every 52 years. And so the great butterfly has to be burned. It raises the land. Uh, you know, you have a decade of famine. Certain tribes have to completely leave or get kicked out. It's this uh, period of suffering in the cycle that leads to being able to actually like survive in places. And, and this is like a larger scale of things that happen in our world that's yeah. necessary for ecosystems. So that's the premise. Uh, that's what's <laughs> happening. And then you are nomads going through the land and you have to decide to engage in the local politics, which is basically, hey, this is old tradition that is so long ago. There's no way this is actually necessary. So we should stop the ritual. We should stop the miracle or, you know, the traditionalists of, hey, like this is actually necessary. You know, this is what we need to do. Yes, it's difficult, but we have to persevere through it. And so there's this internal conflict in the tribes that are happening and whether to perform the miracle or not, the players are just right there in the middle of it. So 
were placed in there and they have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, a little bit of political things going on and, and faction based and um and also like hidden factions in that way, you know. Revolutions never happen out in the open. So, you know, very, very <laughs> yeah. interesting parts. So and whether the revolution is a good one or not is, you know, very kind of tossed up in the air. Yeah, it's very questionable. Oh, so I'd like to ask, and this is kind of, I'm not sure how much, uh, well, Jose Clement Orozco, is, that, is it Orozco? Is that probably I'm pronouncing it Orozco, yeah. Orozco. Mm-hmm. So Jose Clement Orozco, he, this, the, his art has influenced you in this. Could you speak a bit about that and who he was art-wise and everything else? Yeah, for sure. So I studied studio art in college. One of my main professors, he worked on a very large scale and, you know, he kind of, I mean, you know, I'm searching for like my type of whatever, <laughs> yeah. I identity or style and things that are you know going and so he kind of he was actually surprisingly the one who introduced me to the uh, great Mexican muralist and the uh, Mexican muralist movement Orozco being the one that really stood out is just like you know the expressionism in his work is just so breathtaking and like I said you know the style is is the line work is almost very crude you know and, yeah. and murals are generally like that anyway because you're viewing from afar and so you see the like whole thing coming together where like if it was all detailed it wouldn't it would be very muddied so taking that to a smaller format i took like a 10 year 10 year hiatus from like art doing small business stuff with my brother and and so this, you know for the last year and a half i've really been back into it and so uh this is a style i've been really i've uh, been kind of intimate in the past with and really wanted to explore more and so that's what i'm doing now is just really being letting that type of style bleed into what the work is. And then as far as uh, Orozco, he was a muralist in the like 19, early 1900s, 1920s and so. And he lived through the Mexican Civil War. And so it's like an extremely violent time. He saw a lot of shit that just like really made him a very pessimistic person. But through his art, you know, he kind of saw this, uh, he was an anarchist and, you know, he just saw a lot of this suffering as something that happens often, but through... Um, the, you know, same same concept of kind of like burning down and renewal, death and rebirth is, you know, um, through this conflict comes a time where like there's basically like a unified race that happens that is more collected in actually caring and, and part of the suffering is part of the human experience. And so he explored a lot of that. And that's what the uh, the man of fire, which is his a lot of people refer to it as the Sistine Chapel of the Americas. His, his mural is kind of exploring that concept. And so. Uh, that one I've really been in love with. So it's kind of one of the main pieces. There's actually a fire giant who is very <laughs> much represented by the same way that this giant man on fire is in I his like uh, mural. So yeah, yeah. I like that. And, and oddly enough, the, the the like the Mexican Revolution era of that of that time is one of the area the 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 periods of history I've spent the most time reading about yeah. and studying. <laughs> and and I and I haven't come across him much doing that. And and, and there's a lot of fascinating stuff and fascinating characters that came out of that uh in history that were just astonishing but anyhow that's a side yeah. to <laughs> um i want to talk about primal quest a little yeah bit. for sure because this is for not like we said you've done the, the previous things i have of yours are all for mothership but this is for primal quest i don't mm-hmm. i have primal quest but i haven't picked up any of the much for expansions or adventures for them. This is done by Diogo, uh, Diogo Noguera, who is probably going to be on here. We just recorded yesterday. I'm sure the episode is going to drop in the next week or two. Or sooner than awesome. later. Yeah. And he actually talked about this project when we spoke. 
So uh, let's talk a little bit about the system you're making this for and how it fits that. And, it, and I'd be curious to know what some of your insights are on that as you're putting this out there for it. Yeah. So I love streamlined mechanics, obviously, but PrimaQuest is that. It's a streamlined a D6 system. There's a pool system, positive dice, negative dice. And it's kind of, it's a very interesting marriage between kind of these like dice driven mechanics. And then fate is one of the games that kind of influenced how it works. So you have mm -hmm. a number of tags that define you and you can utilize those in, in different ways and you're rewarded for using them as well. The level of system is very interesting. And yeah, so the, the mechanics are super clean, but what draws me to promo quest the most because that barrier doesn't exist of like <laughs> having to learn and being difficult and like dancing mechanics is the setting is like so wonderfully done and so in the rule book there's some information on how you know the magic system works things that kind of give a little bit of setting and then there's a hex crawl and that hex crawl does like everything you'd want in a setting with it's very similar to how mothership and like Into the Odd, you know, Chris McDowell and Sean McCoy kind of tackle setting, which is like, okay, so you'll go to like Lackett and Lackett is mostly ran by humans, but there's also other sentient species. And there's there's a, like a sentient triceratops that, yeah. you know, helps prickle out the shaman. And so it doesn't tell you like the different species or anything like that. But tell you they exist and they're co-mingling with humans. And there's also, you know, like alien structures in it. Then there's ancient ones. And there's all these little things that kind of happen. And like species that you meet that are humanoid and like intelligent, bringing intelligence to the dinosaurs, but not all of them, you know, and very just laid out world that you kind of experience and, and, and get exposed to a possibility in a sentence only. And you're able to extrapolate whatever you want from there. So to me, the setting is like extremely open. It's obviously extremely sexy because it's like you know, primal. <laughs> uh, is you know very like Stone Age and like you you know very interestingly done that way. But then the fact that you can integrate aliens and magic and basically anything you'd ever want to is is really why I gravitate towards the system and why it kind of allows a butterfly dies to be surprising. You know, I, yeah. I have. I've been reading Hellboy a lot. And oh, I, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> What's so, his name? It, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Mignola. Yeah. Mignola, that's right. And I think one of the most interesting things about that is like there's so much unexpected things that happen, there's so much unexpected experiences. And being able to do that when you're, you know, you know, writing like an alternative mythos based on things is really nice. You know, it's, 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 very, <laughs> yeah. it's really nice just to like let your mind really bring out things. And it's all, you know, it's, I think it's tied together enough for sure, but no doubt, no doubt. Doing the unexpected things, I think, are, are really helpful. So, <laughs> so what, what can we look at? Like, like, because I've looked at the uh, well, I've backed the Kickstarter, and I said <laughs> I'll go over and back the Kickstarter right away <laughs> at the highest level possible. <laughs> we'll have a link in the show notes for you to follow that. <laughs> so what can we expect for the kickstarter because there's there's more than just the adventure coming out for the kickstarter that we're looking at correct yeah so the main adventure takes place in the oml forest which is um, a forest of fir trees and it's also surrounded by mountains that are like volcanic so you know there's a, <laughs> a dungeon inside the volcano oh, nice. and uh, a giant you know obsidian block that's emerging from the mountain that is actually explorable things like that and so what i what i did on top of that for like the higher level this is kind of a bundle of mm -hmm. things that you can get so there's a patch 
which I've always I've really fallen in love with patches ever since doing mothership <laughs> stuff, and I was kind of a staple there. And uh, one slight tangent on that is Primal Quest has the coolest uh, compass rose ever made in this book. That Triceratops with the half moon, um, and it's just incredible. And so that to me was like kind of a staple. So I made my own compass rose, oh, and nice. so that's what the patches. And then it's not as good as the, <laughs> as the, as the <laughs> oh, Triceratops. No. There's that. There's an art only um, zine. I've seen a few people do that. And I really like the idea of player facing things. So being able to share the art after the fact or whatnot in a very easy way. And then the back has the hex crawl. So you can just use the back as player facing as well. Oh, and nice. then lastly, I did a pamphlet. It's more of a micro setting, uh, two micro dungeons called Kokoshoka, which is a word from the Nahuatl language, which is like the Aztec language and the Nahuatl yes. people. And uh, it means making a sloshing sound. Uh, <laughs> so it's exploring like the Mexican wetlands. And so oh. there's going to be like a crocodile lord. And there's going to be just kind of things that um, the micro setting is meant to be placed wherever. Mm-hmm. So currently... Uh, a lot of Primal Quest adventures are hex crawls, major hex crawls. And so since you can't get in a spaceship and fly somewhere else, it's like, okay, you have to traverse some sort of land. So in between maybe doing a butterfly dies or, um, you know, the intro adventure, you would put Kokoshoka in there as a place to interact with on your way to another land to do things. So that's the idea. What do you, what do you have to tell everybody to get them excited for this? And, and, and the one thing that's like, you need to come for this because it's, it, it's unique in this way. <laughs> and what is it that we're our big selling point to the end of the day? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I think, I think the thing I'm most excited about is it's a very unique setting to what's available in the, in the tabletop space. It's derived from these ideas of, Mexican myth and it takes place in you know Michoacan but it's just again like the unexpectedness of it all I think is really interesting and then if you like faction play if you like being if you like uh adventures that take place in an area that you know there's conflict going on and the resolution of whether something happens or not will happen regardless of what you do and then you have to choose how to interact not necessarily knowing the consequences, exploring, yeah. you know, getting to know people who's right and wrong. And like that to me, like, I think that's to me is one of my favorite things to do. And so if you like that too, if you want to be introduced to some of these more unique things in the tabletop space, then check out a butterfly dies. And I'm super excited to share it. So well, I'm excited to check it out. I'm, I'm definitely excited to get it. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to the final zines close out. Could you tell folks where they can find you online, pick, pick up some of this stuff that you got out, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm mostly on at spicy tuna RPG, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then Kickstarter is under my personal name, Marco Serrano. But if you just type in a butterfly dies Kickstarter, you'll be able to find it uh, part of Zemo and ZineQuest. So yeah, that's where to find me. Uh, and then the guac at substack.com is the other place. So that's our newsletter. Excellent. And we'll have links to all that down in the show notes. I want to thank you for coming back on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you again. Hell yeah, you know, I'm always happy to be on. I'm super excited to share a little more about this in in word format. You know, people can actually (laughs) hear it in audio. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. No doubt. Thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk again. Hell yeah. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok now at Logar Hillcrom. We're on Patreon. We can use support patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.